This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. It's time to chill out. Take a seat on the couch. It's time for the Dale Jr. Download. Alright, let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. New Dale Jr. Download. Co-host Mike Davis. Our producer, Matthew Dillner. Back, we're all back from New Hampshire. Mike didn't go. Some of y'all are back. We yeah. missed you, Mike. Hey, I missed y'all too. It's early on a Monday morning, and you guys are chipper. I am a little surprised by this. First of all, I didn't you expect can't to come see in you. here not ready to do this. Is you that gotta, right? You, yeah, you, you D- gotta tell me more. We've been jumping around outside, running circles in the parking lot. <laughs> D- Dillner, is that what you Skinner, been doing? Yeah, man. I, I will. I'm breaking circle. a sweat actually right you gotta now. Bring your a game. Need a towel. All right. I don't want no lull in action. No, here. no. Okay. As we, go, <laughs> as we go through the season, we can't have no boring. Downloads. All right. Well, we got to be up on the downloads. So, so you guys are up. It's good to see you because there was a point yesterday that I did not think I would be seeing you guys on a Monday. <laughs> I know. We barely got the race in yesterday, and I and I the reason why I said so they needed to be and this is a rough estimate, but this is pretty close. They needed to be drying the track around three thirty and racing by five. Mm-hmm. If they weren't green flag at five, there was no way they could guarantee the full length of the race, and they would have had to postpone it to the next day. Visually, you know, up in the booth. So when you're standing up in the booth, this is something you don't recognize and realize when you're down in the garage or in the bus lot as a driver or a crew chief. Standing up in the booth, you kind of have this, uh, you know, you have this height, and you can see across the tops of the trees, and you can really see the, the, you know, how bad the weather is. And it didn't look good, and it was hazy, and there was a lot of mist. And so you couldn't see very far outside of the racetrack. It was just, you know, so foggy and the ceiling was so low. I didn't think that NASCAR, you know, we're right next to the NASCAR booth, so I'm watching Helton and them guys walking around in there and looking at their expressions and trying to gauge on how they feel. Uh, oh, because Mike Helton has a bunch of different expressions, right? Well, oh, was yeah. it this? They, yeah. Or was it <laughs> this? If they... um. You know, if they're not even in there, that typically means that they don't have like, they don't have a confidence they're getting ready to start the race. Right, if right. They're not up right. in the booth to do the job. So, <laughs> one thing I noticed, and uh, the first thing I noticed was they removed the steps from the front straightaway to get into the grandstands to give access to the racetrack through the grandstands, and then they started bolting the fence together where the step, the hole in the fence was for the steps. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that must be you know a positive sign. Dale was calling that, by the way, they, like a broadcaster, getting us all excited. It, they they turned, have been bolting the fence in <laughs> as they go into the front straightaway. They, they had the uh, jet air dryers uh, on the track, not, uh, the, the old school Titan-style dryers. They uh, turned them down pit road. That was a great sign. Hey, we're going to try to draw pit road. Got to draw pit we, road, yeah. We're feeling pretty good about the track. They had the jet dryers out there, and they, they, they started drying the track. And that, that, I mean, in 30 minutes, it was like, hey, we went from, nah, this ain't happening, to uh, we're going to do this. So I was glad, not only because I got family in town this week, and they were they were here Sunday, so I was going to miss a day with them. And uh, the other reason why is because we saw a hell of a race. And, yeah. And who knows if we'd have got rain delayed. You go to a Monday, uh, everybody's attitudes and, you know, everybody's feeling about the race. Maybe the energy's not there. I don't know if we see the same kind of event. Who knows? Our Monday races is exciting. No, I mean, there's just, you know, you don't have the crowd typically, and you don't have the viewers typically tuning in. So uh, Monday races have a little bit of a dull feeling to them. So it was great. We had we had battles all day long. Didn't really have a clear dominant car. Uh, didn't have a real understanding. We had comers and goers. We thought 
in practice that Harvick was the dominant car, and then when the race started, he was not really showing that. And Truex is out there leading. Then Chase, Chase. Elliott drives up yeah. there. Welcome to 2018 season. Yeah, Chase <laughs> Chase Elliott goes up there and wins the stage. And it was awesome. I, I love seeing the Chevy, Chevys up there contending. It was one Chevy contending. And my yeah. Um, when I looked at the we, lineup, we didn't have to get Chase. Right? I saw a bow tie. Chase, and then the next Chevrolet was in like. 13th, there were five in a row, <laughs> yeah, 13th step. to 19th. Let's give – I mean, we've got to call it straight. So right. I want them to get up there and run. I, I grew up in a Chevy family, so I, it's – you know, and they will. It'll get – you know, it'll get, it'll get right eventually, but they got a lot of work to do in, in, as a whole manufacturer to improve the Camaro, and it'll happen. But Chase, man, to struggle the way the manufacturer has, God dang, did he run good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Solid really, top five. That really um, was a really impressive, you know, little bit of little bit of a race for him. He kind of lost a little bit of his speed as the race went on, but that's the thing about that track. It changes so much. We talked about that all day long. Even without the V, you know, the PJ one that they spray on the track, that place changes so much with how the rubber goes down and who's good at the first of the race. Maybe not be, maybe isn't that good at the end of the race. We saw Blaney flying as soon as we dropped the green flag. Blaney's car looked the best out of anybody's, and then later in the race. Maybe not quite as good as the rubber came down, or this, or the PJ one wear off, wore off in some areas and took his advantage or his groove away from him. So it was really interesting. We got to see some aggressive driving at the end, which I love to see. Any chance we can get some guys out there swapping a little paint um, without really putting each other in the fence? You don't like to see anybody get turned around. Sometimes that's going to happen, though, when guys are aggressive, but we didn't see that. That was good. We got to see guys just kind of pushing and shoving a little bit. I think that that's definitely what the sport needs. That's always been part of the sport. That's always what's been exciting to the fans is when guys get in there and put a couple donuts on their cars. And You love, I mean, when I was a kid, I would get down on the on pit road or in the garage, and I, I like to look at the battle scars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That tells a tale. And, there, and, and that place produces that because they're – you know, side by side, they're off the throttle, yeah. uh, you know, more than some of the racetracks we go to and pedaling it because, you know, the flat corners there and stuff. And they're not planted into the corner like a mile and a half, yeah. you know, on edge. Well, that's what you get with a short I like track. It. Oh, yeah, don't. Do. I love Steve Latar, <laughs> but I'm on your home. team on that this one. This podcast is over. We're going to cut it short today. <laughs> we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> All I'll say I'll, is I know the poll is a little skewed because it comes from my account, but it was 58% that it is not a short track. 59% it, I'll put in that vote right now. It <laughs> has the tendencies, it, yet the corners are – it is a s- smaller track. We, right. We, we don't need to get into that anyhow, debate. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. Did you see it coming? when you Before Harvick put the bumper to Kyle Busch, what did you – if you had to bet what would have happened, what were you thinking was going to happen with, with Harvick? Would he have made that pass clean? Would he have done exactly what he did? Or do you think it was going to get nasty? You know, I thought I thought that Harvick would do whatever he needed to do. He wasn't going to let – if he could get to Kyle, he wasn't going to let Kyle win the race. He was going to win the race, mm-hmm. you know. And Harvick is rough like sandpaper, you know, on the racetrack. And, you know, he's going to do – he's going to be aggressive. He doesn't mind being aggressive. He doesn't mind being aggressive off the racetrack. He's one of those guys that when the playoffs start, he's going to be aggressive on the track, and he's also going to be aggressive with the in the media and, and – sort of play some mind games or get in some of these guys' heads and 
he's not afraid to tell them that he's dominant and he's the best car and they're the best team and he's not worried about Truex. He's not worried about Kurt, Kyle Busch. He ain't worried about all none of them guys. Even when they go out there and they win the race, I ain't worried about them. Yeah. So he's brash and I think he is. He gets older. He's more confident to be brash. He's yep. more. He's expressing that even more comfortably and. Uh, so that didn't, I didn't, none of this, I didn't see anything that surprised me. I saw that excited me and oh, it yeah. was fun to see. I expected though, that with how sensitive these cars are to air that all, that as soon as Harvick got within a few inches, that it would, it would be enough to upset Kyle's car and get him over that last final seam and out of the PJ1 uh, in the third groove. And once that right rear tire slips off that, you have to jump by the gas and correct, and Harvick goes by on the inside. I thought that that would happen without Harvick making contact, but... You did a nice job of explaining that, by the way, when it happened. Yeah, you did. Um, uh, when, uh, about that, you know, PJ1, and you know, I am a big fan of talking about PJ1, right? I mean, so... <laughs> but that being said... <laughs> When that tire is outside that groove, um, just you, you mentioned it. You noticed it when it happened. I uh, thought you did a good job with that. And I also thought Burton did a good job. I loved his line when it happened. He, he said, get away from him as fast as you can is all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had a big old lead. As soon as they, I mean, as soon as they come off two, it took a while. for. Once you get into the outside groove where nobody's been running, it's full of marbles and dirt and debris, and that's going to cake on them hot tires. As Oof, soon as yeah. the hot tires run across that, it just – Cakes all oh, over. Oh, you're them. done for a while. Yeah, oh, for at least a corner or two before gotcha. it, before that comes away from the from where you even work that off the tire. So okay. by the time they got into turn three, I think Kyle was 50 car lengths back. So right, something like that. Harvick clearly had the faster car at the, that late in the race. Yeah, and 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 Kyle said so. Yeah, their post race interviews sho- <laughs> showed so much respect for each other. Yeah. They respect each other's talent, and Kyle knows that he's going to have to handle you know deal with. Harvick the rest of the way, all the way into Homestead. So, and they both probably know they're going to be competing against each other down in Homestead. And now uh, Kyle knows he can do that back to him too. Oh yeah, you know, not that he boogered. I don't or anything, know that he needed that to know that he could do that back to him. But that true. being said, you're right. I mean, that was a point emphasized very clearly uh, by, Kyle. By, uh, by by all those guys. What about what Burton said? What did he say? About, uh, you he know. He said so many things yesterday. <laughs> but, so, but he said about the bumper run. He said, get away, you're a broadcaster he said get away from him if you can. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just said he that. He just said that. Yeah. You're not listening to us, are you? You're thinking. <laughs> you're, you're not. He isn't. He's thinking about, He's thinking about his, modifieds and. <laughs> I'm dreaming of. He's dreaming mad at us. Cars and He's bumpers dream- and yeah. open wheels. We had this. Like, we, oh, my. We While we're talking. <laughs> This this He's thinking modifiers are floating around thinking, in his thought cloud. He's thinking those jerks still didn't see my link that I put in our notes last week. <laughs> I was mad about that. He was. Did you notice that? What are I we put talking it in, about now? Yeah. So when you, you don't know this, when I sent you a link last week to to watch something for, did you see that? And you y'all didn't watch it. You too, Davis. I, did, I, did, I was I pissed after the show. Why? Because I was pissed. Well, damn, if you, you send know, me something, I'm gonna watch it. I know, but we're kind of busy. <laughs> he puts in our notes, in our little notes, uh, he says, yeah, in all dig. caps, when I put links in, watch it. <laughs> Is this in the note note? note? The, the notes notes but for this week. probably just text it. The dirty MoFlo. When you're he like, did. hey, what? <laughs> oh, he, he texted it to us? He did to No, me. no, no. No, he didn't. No, it's in, well, because one week y'all want. We're going to cut this out, because yeah. this is all really pointless <laughs> conversation. Anyways, all right, so not so, pointless we'll to your, you know, no, no, exactly. not your feelings, but to the podcast, this matters. Well, thanks for caring for my feelings. 
Yeah. The podcast is mad. <laughs> we care about your feelings, not so much to look at the links, but we, you just keep sending them to us. Yeah. We're, we're interested. Uh, <laughs> anyway, where but, were we? But, but, yeah, okay. A couple things, though. A couple things. Cause I'll get us back on track here. So the, the finish of the race was exciting. You did crack me up a, a couple times during the broadcast. Um, one, I love your promo reads. I loved even more. Explain that. I, I love even more when you were like, yep, that wasn't my best read. Yeah. <laughs> like, live on the broadcast. That was beautiful. And I think, by the way, that really kind of uh, reinforced the feeling that, it, that NBC Sports was probably trying to invoke by doing this little testing, yeah. uh, this three-man booth this way. But I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, this was an idea uh, by our, our bosses, Sam Flood and, and – folks at NBC to, to put Rick down on pit road so he could experience a, being a pit reporter. That's going to help him so much in the booth going forward to know that job better and understand the challenges that those guys face all race long or really all weekend long. He had to understand how hard they work. And those guys, the pit reporters, do the most research. They're the ones really doing the most legwork to get information about the, the drivers and the crew chiefs. The guys in the booth, we need to go down in the garage and, and show our face and talk to people and communicate. And But we don't need to dig real deep to get information because that takes away from the opportunity of the pit reporters to do their job. We can't go up in the holler and then the pit reporter come in there five minutes later. Uh, oh, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like so, like, like it's the crew chief's job to talk to everybody right, in NBC Sports. Yeah. That's annoying. So we yeah. kind of – there's a bit of a you know understanding that, you know – you know, I could text drivers and stuff and ask, you know, questions about the track or whatever, but, you know, I don't need to be in there getting all that information that, that, that pit porters need and taking the time. That really, it's more about the time that, that the drivers are going to allow you to have and the pit and the crew chiefs are going to allow you to have. They don't want they don't need to talk to everybody on NBC's team. So, right. um, it's, it's, uh, the pit porters are in the, are in the garage working hard. So anyhow, this is great for, for Rick to see and feel and understand. And now going forward that, that could help him in the booth. Rick goes down there and, he, I, and, he gets to do the pit reporter stuff. That's great for him. He had fun. He he was scared to death. So mm. I thought that was really interesting. I talked to Rick after the race, and he's like, man, I was I couldn't sleep all weekend. I didn't <laughs> sleep well. I was really, really nervous. And I don't even remember the first few things I had to do, what I said when they were over with. And I can relate to that. But what's interesting is because Rick's been doing this job for so long yeah, that he has those real genuine emotions even today it says a lot about how much he loves the job and how good of a guy he is. He could have went in there and went, yeah, yeah, I got this, whatever, you know. Oh, this is a, He could have been mad, I'm not in the booth, what is going on, all that. But he was nervous, like the first day on the job nervous. You know what I'm yeah, saying? of course he was. And he hustled. It's, it's, and he, yeah, he worked it's hard. Holy it's, crap. it's not his discipline. It's not his craft. His craft is completely different. But he's that. been around it so much, so... I, I just found that really endearing that he had those emotions and he was so nervous he couldn't sleep. So we try this booth out with me and uh, me and Latard and Jeff Burton. Well, now somebody's got to read these uh, billboards, which is basically the tags that we come in from commercial with, and somebody's got to <laughs> send us to commercial, and somebody's got to tee up the anthem, and somebody's got to tee up the in-car camera, you know, all those things that Rick does yeah. that we take for granted when we're standing in the booth with Rick that he does so effortlessly. Now we got to do them, and, and I've read a million prompters. I've done a ton of productions all my life. We always used to talk and joke about being a one-take wonder and how it was pretty easy and effortless to go in there and do it. But when, when you're 
in doing live TV, it's a whole new ball game, man. You can't get rid of that knot in your stomach of just being nervous because you're on live TV. You can't forget. You can't get it out of your head that all these people are watching you if you screw this up. Uh, you never forget that the camera's there. You never forget that you're covering a live event. And so when somebody hands you a card and goes, all right, Junior, you're going to bring us in from break. You're going to talk about the NASCAR Monster Cup Energy Series or whatever. You know, you're going to give some monster love here. And our producer's awesome. His name's Marv. And uh, so, yeah, what, what is that like? Is that literally what he's saying yeah. in your ear? Yeah. So how, how soon before you're actually delivering the read is he saying stuff like this? Probably about a minute. And he'll oh. count it down and go, we got a minute. Come back. We got a minute. 30 seconds. 10. Come 9. On. 8. Seven, and you're standing there getting ready to read this card. You're like, are, are you like, go down? You're like this. <laughs> okay, uh, watch the rocks movie skyscraper. Yeah, uh, in hanging off the side of a building, <laughs> on fire. So, <laughs> all right. So the reason why I read those, the reason why I was reading the pr the promos that way is because you're trying to put some inflection into it, but at the same time, they need to. If you could see us in the booth more you would realize like how much fun we're having up there i don't i think saying that we're i think using the term goofing off is it would be incorrect but it's loose loose and it's fun yeah. it's super loose so matthew saw it for the first time i've never no, seen no, it but, but i've that, never seen a booth or a so studio loose. environment so that, loose yeah. it's kind of fun yeah, dude, it comes across uh, trust and, me it comes across okay. and visually uh we're up in there yeah, slapping each other. Yeah. Oh man, look at this! Look at this! Pointing all over the place. Look at pointing. You got, you got y'all are doing. You drivers oh, yeah. have got your imaginary steering wheel in your hands. It's awesome, and it's so much fun, and it keeps the experience fun, and so the race is enjoyable to do. And when you hit, when you're handed this read and this card, you can't go into, <laughs> you know, polish mode. You're just gonna keep. <laughs> you gotta keep. You're, you're you know, you you're gonna keep the energy in the room and inflect that into the card, and so you read it and you're gonna screw up and you're gonna laugh. And yeah. they told us before the show, they said, "Hey, if you screw it up, play on it, La laugh about it, bust each other's balls." That's Marv's uh, catchphrase: "Bust his balls, bust <laughs> each other's balls about this." Ball busting in Ball five, busting. four, three, two, one. Bust balls right one here. One of the favorite do things it. that Marv does is when the cars are. All right, so we're talking on TV. About the cars are getting ready to have a restart. They're cruising down the back straightaway, double file. We're talking about the, okay, you know, we've got Truex on the outside here. This is where he restarted last time. You know, this has been a pretty good lane to restart in. Can the inside line do anything? we got somebody new up on the inside. What's he going to do? Da, 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 da. you got such and such in row two, and we're doing all this, right? We're, we're, just, we're just talking to feel the time before they get to the Geico restart zone. And so as we're yeah, talking, Marv's in our ear at the same time going, all right, guys, we got to restart. Come on, get this. Fire it up. Get the energy up. Restart. You know, and he's just doing all this in your ear. That's not distracting at it all. It is so <laughs> funny. And Marv's energy, he's in the booth with about 15 or 30 other people in his truck. Or in a truck. He's in, in a, a truck, truck right? right? Right. In a in a trailer. And so he's in there hammering that out in our ear and, and with all those people and trying to keep the energy up in his his trailer but he's also you know pushing us and getting us fired up because yeah. it's like a kick in the butt when he does yeah. that yeah he's like come on boys let's go I this actually, is a restart because restarts are our real prime prime for the picking when it comes to content excitement passing battling something is going to happen on every restart. single restart right and we cannot miss that opportunity 
to talk about it, right? So he's yeah. Barb, man. He's he gets animated, and it's so cool uh, that your producer's like that. He's as excited as you are about what's getting ready to happen, and he's like, "Come on, boys, you guys got to you know kick ass on this restart. So, Get up on the wheel." Yeah. I heard him actually. I, the, the final ten laps, I went uh, of Chicago, your first race. And I went into uh, the, the TV compound, and I could actually hear for the first time that day Marv in his element. And he was a total fan in those last 10 laps of Chicago, which, of course, how yeah. could you not be, right? You had Larson and you had Kyle Busch. But literally, he was screaming in the radio, and I didn't know if you guys could hear him or not. It sounds like you can, actually. Yeah, yeah we but, hear him. But then, then after the race, he's like, you know, you know, got that interview where uh, Rutt was going up to talk to him at the start-finish line, and he's like, look at it. Oh, guys, get the tears. He's crying. He's crying. Get his tears. Get his tears. Oh, my God, that's great. That's great. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's, it was so uh, intoxicating, his energy. Right. Yep. I didn't know he was doing that to you on every restart and stuff, but sounds like it is. Yeah. And now we know when you're so excited, maybe you got a little coaching, yep. right? So a couple things to wrap up on the booth. The t-shirts were fun. Yeah. All right. I don't want to do that every week. Uh, as much as I liked it and talked about it being fun. Sport coat and a t-shirt wouldn't be no, the bomb. No. 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 I spent so much money on ties and sport coats this spring. I was there. Oh my God! <laughs> we are wearing the freaking sports yeah. coats and ties. You don't understand the level of anxiety he takes uh, yeah. when when it comes to I bought the suits I bought the, like yeah. twelve shirts, fifteen ties, about ten sports coats because you know I was afraid that if I wore the same one too many times, that was going to be something everybody picked on. But so I got a variety, and I was going off of Steve Latart's advice on how much to get, and boy, we send it all to NBC, so yep. it travels with the network to races. Our 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 wardrobe does. And they have they put the wardrobe together and put it in the booth. So I just put on my pants and, a, and an undershirt and walk up to the booth. And then I put on my shirt and tie. How nice is that, by the way? I mean, who doesn't need that in their life? Just to be able to show up to work. Well, your wife doesn't do you... that to you where, where you've got your <laughs> yeah, closet right. in the morning when you're coming to work? Well, let's be realistic. Like if it's raining nice or whatever, even if it ain't raining, you put that stuff on down in the bus. And by the time you get up to the booth, it's ruined. No, no, no. It's a good thing. I got it. They're not going to, they won't let you. Have it any other way. They don't way. want you. No. To, right, right, right. Yeah. Don't go messing up our TV right. show with your and they, rags and, and your and wet so, coat. And, and yeah. the other thing, too, is is the wardrobe people lay it out to where, hey, these three guys are going to be in the booth. we got to have them wearing something that's not, like, contrasting. Oh, yeah, or the same, right? Right, or the same. <laughs> that was show up wearing the same tie, <laughs> same shirt. guys in pink shirts. Hey, <laughs> you got that at Target. I got that at Target. It was on sale. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely, I mean, the T-shirts are fun, but I, I don't know. Your T-shirt your t-shirt was the bomb, though. Thanks. I have a, I'm, I'm a little bit torn between... Un, not enough, not professional enough. Well, let's just say what it is. This is a podcast. You ended up going with a Dick, Dick Trickle. Trickle Racing T-shirt yeah. that okay. I got from the lady that was on the podcast last week. That was one of the shirts you you left here with. But yeah. I got to say, the cool factor. They were wearing new vintage shirts. I know. See, that was the other thing. Too. And you were rocking a real well, vintage shirt. Well, that's what I thought we were going to do. And for, to to Jeff Burton's defense, he had a. Uh, Ward Burton shirt, but it was a conflicting partner to one he currently has for himself and his son yep. Burton uh, Harrison, and so okay. Je Jeff was gonna go old school vintage, but it's, uh, they had to abort at the last minute. But yeah, I, I I was hoping that they were had already like Steve didn't have a shirt till Friday, and they had to find him that one. So I mean, if we're gonna do this, oh, we gotta get in a little yeah, more. Yeah, gotta effort. get into it. Yeah. 
<laughs> like Steve and those but guys. What, what, I, I like know you one. have a million shirts. What went into uh, choosing the trickle one, though? I want to know that. I went th- yes. So I went through uh, all the shirts I had and wanted to do. I wanted one that would get that people would be like, "Dang, all right, yeah, that's what's up." And I think we, you know, everybody misses Dick Trickle. Yeah. Yep. Wishes he was still around. The stories he could tell. He was so nice. I, I knew Dick Trickle pretty well. Um, when he drove for Kale Yarborough Racing, Kale's crew chief, their crew chief, Doug Williams, his son, me and Scott were great friends. And so I was up in that hauler all the time. And Dick Trickle would Coffee walk up cigarettes. in. Yeah, he would walk up in the uh, hauler with his briefcase. He had an old square box briefcase briefcase and he'd open it up and it'd have cigarettes and Reese cups in it (laughs) (laughs) as most people have when they're carrying a briefcase and uh and the only reason it didn't have coffee and it was because we were little it was in this other hand when you're a little kid hanging around the sport back then these were rough ass men oh yeah man they didn't give a damn whose kid you were if using the way they was going to tell you get the hell out of the way and go be where you're supposed to be Mm. and we were trying to underneath everybody's feet as much as we could to try to be in the middle of everything happening. You know, we wanted to be near the cars and the haulers and everywhere, right? We were always in the way. And Dick Trickle never once said anything about us being in in the, in the lounge, uh, which was his lounge or his hauler. He's always would have – he'd sit down and have a conversation with you. Mm. And he didn't know me from Adam. Wow. And this is a legend, you know. He was a legend when he before he got to Cup. To oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I know everybody knows that. But here's think about it. Like here he is coming in the cup, and everybody's like, "Wow, yeah. Dick Trickles is good." <laughs> yeah. You know, here's Dick Trick. He's oh, and he's a good, good, good car, man. Yeah, you know, he was in Bobby's car. You would you'd expect like car. you said about him, you know, blowing, you know, being like, "I got out of here, kid," yeah. or scram. But like he was like that as a competitor too, because yeah. like he he was famous in the short track scene for. If some kid came up to him and was like, "Man, I'm struggling," what do you, and he'd tell him, "I'm running this spring on the right rear. I'm running yeah, this." Really. Unbelievable. Wow, oh, wow. Yeah. that's cool. <laughs> so that's why I wore it uh, out of the ones I had. I thought that was a good one. Which, by the way, you won the poll. Of? Uh, who has the best booth t-shirt? Uh, 68% said the Dick Trickle oh, shirt cool. over uh, the Austin Bill awesome. shirt. And poor Jeff yep. didn't get many votes. Can I just say that you know one of the greatest – I know that Dick Trickle did not invent this, wasn't the only one that did it. But there's that video of him smoking a cigarette in the race yeah. car. Oh, yeah. That just, just screams badass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, 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 and just don't care and whatever. Nope. And, again, I know that probably was a, a not too uncommon back in the days. Yeah. But, man, that's just – every mean, All the drivers smoked in the 60s. And even in the 70s, you could see pictures of – b-roll of the drivers sitting in their cars before the race at darlington for example the southern 500 or whatever and uh they're sitting in their cars getting ready to put their helmets on they're a cigarette in their mouth and you know david pearson all those guys sitting there hammering smokes before they get in the race car um but i, know, I think but i think around dick when dick was racing he was pro- he was the only one that had a lighter in the car that yeah. was such a funny thing yeah. for everyone that he he that <laughs> Where well, there's a red flag, you would see smoke no, no, yeah. coming out of his... Red the, flag nothing. I think he did it under caution. Yeah, oh, he would, but it was funny. I remember, I don't know what race it was. I remember watching it, and I was working in the deal, and you saw them on the back stretch, and you saw smoke coming out of Trickle's car. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Is Only that a tire-up? Nope. He's just smoking. <laughs> yeah. The booth, that was fun. That was fun doing it that way. I think for... I, I don't know if we'll see it again this year. We might. Throwback? Well, Darlington. There's going to be so much other things going on with Darlington because of the throwback. I doubt we'll see it there. Um, 
I think we'll need Rick for that race. But they may do it at another event, but I don't think we should do it at any of the big high-profile races. It's too important to have Rick there, to have that professionalism and that little bit of polish that we need from Rick. Is, is it, You could tell in that broadcast we did yesterday, yes, it was fun. It was by the see the pants. But it also, I think, magnified the importance of Rick. Yes, he's a play-by-play play yes. guy. Yes. He's the glue. That role. He's the glue that keeps us from getting too loose. Yeah. And too out of control up there. So. And we don't need Rick running around. Like that, that video clip, we all had fun with it of him running. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, the guy's got a bad back. He's one of the best in the booth that there is. And that guy was running on pit road, man. He could have just, you know, be like you so, said, he could have mailed it in. He did. Give you an idea of where where the camaraderie and the 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 attitude is with the booth. Nine thirty this morning. Get a text from the tarp, man, boys. We have a, we've had some kick ass races and kick that, and we've had some kick ass shows. Yeah. And Rick and Burton and all them guys respond. So that's one thing that I love about our booth, our job, is yeah. that these guys are invested. They love it. They're having fun. You, I know you can tell, but it's genuine. It's real. And when it's over, we're all high-fiving and back-slapping all the way through the whole week. Yeah. Like, we'll, these text messages will keep coming. Like, everybody, get up on get up Monday morning. Hell yeah! Texting back and forth. Yeah, about 48 hours go by. Man, that was good. I got to say it again. <laughs> Man, I had fun. I can't wait to Pocono. And so there's so much good continuity and friendship, and we really enjoy working together. It's it's really intoxicating. It's it's uh, uh, it, it rubs off on everything around you. And I know I I've said this a lot, and I sound like a broken record, but the fact is, is that I don't ever remember you looking forward to races. I mean, you're already probably looking forward to Pocono, right? Yeah. I mean, because of the 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 fun that you're having in the booth. So you want to know? That's fun. It's funny you say that. So. We we went to I, – I did a nationwide pre-race appearance at the nationwide booth, uh, the HMS tent, really. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done a nationwide appearance before a race all year. I haven't been at the track. And while I've been at the track, I had to, hadn't been one of my responsibilities. Right. But we still have a relationship with Nationwide. So they wanted us to come over to the tent and talk to all their partners that they had there like we would do as a driver mm-hmm. every week. So I go in there, and I'm talking to him, and I spend about 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes in there talking to him. And right at the end, this guy has answered a couple questions, and this guy raises his hand. He goes, I, only, I ain't never seen you happier than you are right now. And uh, what, you know, can, can you explain that or open up to him on that? And uh, I said, you know, it's, as a driver, you can never lose that edge. You can't, get, you can't, you can't never get rid of that chip on your shoulder, mm. whether it's – against whatever that chip's there for, whether it's com- against the competition, whether it's against a bad finish from the week before. That was always like 50% of your – it affected your personality so much, and it went everywhere you went. It's wow. Like, yeah, think about, like, who's the who's the kid in Charlie Brown with the cloud? I mean, that was – Pigpen. Yeah. Really? Or, That's how you would equate that? Pigpen really? had the cloud, or Pigpen was the dust ball? Pigpen was the dust ball. There was a guy with the cloud? I thought there was a guy with the cloud. Or was it just – I don't know. Whatever. I probably got that way wrong. But, you probably. <laughs> um, I just love Snoopy. So I'm anyhow. Out. So you walked around with that all the time, and you can't get rid of it. You just Charlie can't. Brown is the it's one like that always had the bad things happen. Yeah. Right? Charlie Brown was the actual. Yeah, one that but had I bad thought one had a rain cloud following him. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe thinking a different show. With that, that's Kurt Busch. He's always got that dark cloud. Oh jeez. <laughs> what you got to? Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, I get your point. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And so, I was like, I, I told him, I said, I, I look at the drivers today, and I, I see it in them. 
Oh, yeah. You know? I look at them, and I go, man, they're so competitive, and they're so nose against the grindstone. They're just focused, focus, focus on just one thing, and that's driving and racing and getting better and fixing the problem that they had last week or doing better than they did last week or fixing, you know, fixing where they are in the points or getting a bigger lead or whatever. It's like that like can't escape it. And once you do, you know, once you finally can get, you know, retire, whatever it is happens that gets you free of that, you finally get out from under it. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just the way life is. If you're going to drive race cars, you got to be in there 100%. You got to mentally be in there 100%. And that, it makes me want to revisit, uh, in my mind, Jeff Gordon, who probably observed the same thing when he retired and went off to his TV gig and was feeling good. We always thought it was, you know, hey, mighty good friend to come back out of retirement, especially as his his offseason just started to help fill in for your role. But, man, all these things that I'm, I'm hearing you say makes me even appreciate what Jeff did even more. To come back and drive some To come more. back and drive all those yeah. races, yeah. I miss driving, you know, and, and I didn't really feel that way when we started the season. Even when, you know, Daytona and so forth, I was happy to be out of the car, happy to not be driving. But the more the, the longer the season goes and just getting in there and watching and being around it and seeing the guys race and have fun. I know they're having fun even though they're, you know, and just gouging and grinding for every little piece of grip and asphalt they can get. Um, I know that they're enjoying it mm-hmm. deep, deep down inside. They're getting what they want out of it and that, that enjoyment of competing. There's moments in the race where I'm like, man, I wish I could. Yeah, I missed that. Sure. Missed that, that right there. And uh, so I miss it, but, you know, that I don't miss how focused. I don't miss how much you have to put into it. Mm. You know, the, it, it is a lot. And it makes me admire my competitive, the guys I used to compete against. I have even more admiration for them now than I did when I raced with them. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now as I'm removed from it, I'm like, holy crap. It is not a rosy life, mm-hmm. you know, to walk around with that chip on your shoulder or that, that monkey on your back all week long from race to race to race to race. There's such a, so much pressure these guys are under. And for them to go out there and put on that damn show... They gave us some damn good shows the last several weeks. You got three out of the four were really good races. All of the Xfinity races have been great. All of we had them. a little bit of a dud in uh, Kentucky with, with the cup race, but the finish was the dud. The rest of the race was hey, pretty decent. We it's, appreciate the whooping. When you're racing, when you're a driver, you're under so much pressure to perform. You're under so much pressure to win, to run well, no matter what team you're with. Mm-hmm. There's expectations to do X, Y, Z. And you put a lot, you put a lot of, you put a lot of that responsibility on your back, because you know in your mind and in the team's mind they gave you the equipment, the car, the tools, and so really if it goes awry, you know you put a lot of that responsibility on yourself. So that I'm free of that, you know, and that makes me admire the drivers more as I realize just how freaking much that affected me and how much it mm-hmm. affects them day to day, and so. It's not fun traveling like they travel. Oh yeah, I'm only doing half a year. I'm only four going on four races in. These guys have been going for weeks and weeks and weeks since February. You got to respect that. That's cool. I think we'll do the booth again, that race team booth, but maybe uh, it just doesn't need to be one of the high-profile races. Yeah. It's fun to do it when the race is kind of – when it fits the race environment and that, sty- that style of race. When the race is kind of loose and fun – then we can do that kind of booth. But I think for some of the big ticket events, especially the playoffs, we need to be we need to be all we can be with Rick up there. 100%. I agree with you. Well, 
you had a chance to do some promos and reads yeah. uh, for the broadcast. Uh, I'm shocked to say this, but we actually have a, a return of hey. our friends at ZipRecruiter. 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 We did a great They're job back. of butchering that one last time. We never but got any feedback. Per, like specific fans feedback. thought it was oh, hilarious. Yeah, fans, but what You're did talking Zip, about from ZipRecruiter? Yeah, what did ZipRecruiter say? You know what? They didn't give a specific do they know feedback. Do they know they're back? <laughs> do they know that we gave them a five-minute Do they know that they're back on the show? <laughs> what if I told you they did give feedback? I want to hear it. Yeah. They, they, they could have. I think they would have preferred a, to have their name of their company pronounced right. Yeah. <laughs> as people do when well, they we're going to give it our best shot this time. Company. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to be known as Mike Devies. Although... Uh, <laughs> I've been called way worse, although you're right. Thank you. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> so, yes, ZipRecruiter, we are thrilled that they are back and giving us a thrilled second chance. Thrilled and, and equally and, surprised. And, 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 and equally. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Drum roll, please. Three, two, uh, coming to promo. Hey, bust their balls. Two, bust their uh, balls. balls. <laughs> ball bust, ball bust. High energy, restart. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny how in the type here y'all have type y'all have zip recruiter and C R O O T is like capitalized. I, I, I have I have literally made its zip own word recruiter. Cruder. Cruder is its own word. Capital C all caps C R O O T E R. Uh so we get this one right. And yet, I'm still not way. sure. No, it's not. And I know I get that. So ZipRecruiter is an online sort of... Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Let the bitchering begin yeah. in three, <laughs> Zip two, one. ZipRecruiter is where you... <laughs> ZipRecruiter. We rec- yeah, we're recording this, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> ZipRecruiter? <laughs> Did you play a recorder as a kid? What, what dimension of hell are we in right now trying to get through a zip recruiter read? This is hard. We need to get people in here to try to do this. Can we this. get like, um, like Bing.com or We need to get people easy. in here to do this if they come back. To so show that it's not just us. I mean, this is a tough thing to do. Is it? Zip recruiter is an online catalog of qualified candidates for any type of job you're looking for. If you need hiring simple and fast and smart, um, and you got a growing business, it's a great way to connect to qualified candidates. So far, so good. You went a little off script. I got a little nervous there, but let's keep going because you haven't actually hit the name of the, the uh, uh, website yet. Well, the website is ziprecruiter.com <laughs> slash Dale Jr. Go to, you know, add that slash yeah. Dale Jr. on <laughs> it's there. important, man. <laughs> Don't be, Don't. slash somebody else. Yeah. Here we go. Second paragraph. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. Mm. They don't stop there. With powerful matching technology, they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. Mm. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first day. That's impressive. With (laughs) results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. Zip! Recruiter! Recruiter! (laughs) And the highest rated commercial we've ever had. We did hear somebody do a ZipRecruiter ad, and we literally laughed. The comedian, I can't forget his name. Somebody sent it to me in... Oh, really? Yeah. In, uh, on Twitter. Oh, you didn't send it to us in the notes. Someone though, right? else, a comedian, I think, has a podcast, has ZipRecruiter as a sponsor, and he, every time he says ZipRecruiter, he goes, well, do it. 
Do As of right now, you know, my listeners can try Zip Recruiter <laughs> for free <laughs> at this exclusive web address. Zip Recruiter.com <laughs> slash Dale Jr. That's Zip Recruiter.com slash Dale Jr. D-A-L-E-J-R. Again, for those who still refuse to listen to this, it's Zip Recruiter.com <laughs> slash Dale Jr. And if you hit that little 15-second forward thing so on that's that, what, you, you're, yeah. you're crazy. We're going to get accused of plagiarism when we do that anymore. Because that was pretty funny. Oh, we just helped that comedian out. Yeah. If that's what I we're accused some of, I'll call he, it a he win. Might, he might argue that <laughs> we <laughs> not helped him very much. Right. But anyhow, Zip Recruiter, we're glad you're back. Thank, uh, we, thank you. We, yep. We did not do very well the first time. I think we got a little bit better this time. So chances are. You're coming back. We'll continue to support the podcast. This is the start of a So we're still thing. within the family of their matching technology. Yeah. They, we're still in the, the deal. Uh, this week, we're, let's take a week by week. We're good. Zip Recruiter. Good right. job. Let's throw it to an Exalta Race Center update. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Wednesday night, NASCAR's Truck Series got into a dust-up at Eldora Speedway for the annual Dirt Derby. In a finish for the ages, Grant Enfinger and Chase Briscoe leaned on each other the entire last lap and crossed the line in a photo finish, with Chase Briscoe taking the big win. A dirt track ace was the driver who pulled the checkered flag out of the hat when the Xfinity Series hit the track at the Magic Mile. Christopher Bell grabbed the top spot at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, his second win in a row. Junior Motorsports' top dog was the number seven of Justin Allgaier, who started seventh and finished seventh. The headliner during New England NASCAR weekend was the Cup Series. After defeating Mother Nature, Kevin Harvick pushed his way by Kyle Busch to take his series-leading sixth race of the season. This weekend, the Xfinity Series revisits Iowa Speedway on Saturday, while the Trucks and Cup duel at the Tricky Triangle, Pennsylvania's Pocono Raceway. The Junior Motorsports late models had a week off, but they're back in action on July 28th at North Carolina's Hickory Motor Speedway with drivers Jagger Jones and Sam Mayer. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exaltacs.com. I didn't think anything could top ZipRecruiter. Well, ZipRecorder. I'll see your ZipRecruiter and raise you a ZipRecorder. What's this NASCAR dirt crate? Oh, Stewart. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. You would want to talk about that. Got- no, hey, it's not like I put in a modified thing in there. Come on, man. Give yeah. me a little credit. It's dirt. Yeah, okay. It's dirt. So, Tony Stewart, obviously owner of Eldora, is pro having the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series at some time, eventually at their racetrack competing. I, as the owner in Xfinity Series, tagged on to that conversation on Twitter and said, as a owner in Xfinity Series, I think it'd be cool to go there and race. Mm. Talked to Kyle Busch on Wednesday last week. He said, as a truck owner, it's not good. It's not fun. They always destroy the trucks. It costs more money for them to go there and race in equipment and damage and so forth, wear and tear, than it does than they make. And so it's not good for his business model. Kyle Larson said the trucks, you know, leaving it for the trucks is kind of cool. It's special for the trucks. The trucks have fun there. The drivers love it. Um, The crowd loves it. The fans love it. There's a little bit of talk about if they're going to do a cup or Xfinity race that they need to try to have a little, continue to develop the tire to be a little bit better, more productive or what have you. I don't know much about dirt tires, but I know that they're really, really critical to 
how the race is and how the show is. So there would be some, uh, and there's several drivers and people in the industry that commented on on developing a, a better tire for that if they run more than just trucks. Um, what about Broadcaster Dale? I would say I I don't have an opinion about it either. Although I just found yeah. it surprising that Kyle Larson took the place as the a broadcaster. Man, I'm just trying. I'm just like, hell yes, I've got this job another week. Right. You know, they haven't fired me. <laughs> really? They still buy into this after whole thing. all that stuff Sunday. I'm thinking. Man, I wonder they if they're <laughs> wonder if they're just being nice when they say that was good. <laughs> wonder if they're really back there going, man, what have we done? Just get this guy out of here. Hey, have you seen anybody, any fans on social media, just give you hell yet? Yeah, you have. Yeah, okay. I had. There's one. There's it, there's a couple that you'll see every once in a while. It's like you don't need to be in the booth. Or oh, okay. And it, there's no reason, or they don't tell you why, or. I think they just not Earnhardt fans. They don't want you in the booth. They don't want you on the track. They don't want you in their lives. They don't want you on their timeline. Mm. But they follow you, of course. <laughs> you know, you go look yeah. at these people's profiles, and, and you don't need to be in the booth. You're no good for NASCAR. And they're following you, mm. So, which is interesting. There you go. Let's do some Ask Junior questions. How about that? It's time for Ask Junior. I got, I got, I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior. You get a, we get you to know. give you an iPad now, and you get some special Ask Junior okay. questions this so, week because so. we were in New Hampshire, and you what gave, treat. You gave me the opportunity to, to go to New Hampshire with a camera, and you knew damn well I was geeked up. The, the geek meter was pegged because I got to see my modified family and, and that. So uh, a few of the modified people and a few uh, met a bunch of fans of the show in, in the really uh, behind the stands. But in the pit area, I was really surprised there was a bunch of modified guys that actually said they were huge fans of the show. Awesome. And uh, Eric Goodale was one of them. So uh, hit his uh, first. What's up? This is Eric Goodale, driver of the number 58 GAF roofing NASCAR wheel modified. I got to ask you a question, Junior. Is it easier to diagnose the car from in the cockpit driving it or up in the booth watching them go around with your crew chief right by your side so you can cheat a little bit? I also got to ask you, I didn't even recognize Dillner walking around the pit area. He's got that southern draw now. I don't know what you guys are doing to him down there, but he definitely ain't from Long Island no more. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, That's a good question, and it's, it's real easy to diagnose the car from the cockpit. You damn sure know which end's sliding around. In the booth, when I'm watching a car go through the corner, I'm going to get it wrong, you know, a couple times out of ten. So maybe I'll get it right seven or eight times out of ten. A few times I'm going to say, man, the car looks loose, and the driver's going to come over to the and go, go, I'm plowing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's just the way it is. You know, you, if you're not in there driving it and turning the steering wheel, you're going to get it wrong every once in a while. There you go. All right, scroll over to the right. Hey, Junior, this is Andy Sice. Uh, now president of the L.W. Miller Fan Club. I want to apologize for the hate mail in the past. We had some bad issues for a while, but I'm happy to say it's in the past. And I had to use the old chrome horn on This right here, we couldn't afford the chrome. It's painted black. But we used to show our displeasure with each other every once in a while. And I'm just curious, in your stock car career, if there was ever a time that you wish you had a bumper like this. Well, I definitely wish that we had tougher bumpers uh, (laughs) in our cup cars because I've drove... Up underneath a couple guys at Martinsville in the last in the last couple years of my career, knocked a radiator out of my car, mm. and with a bumper like the mods, we'd have kept on digging. Cow catcher, right? So, I mean, the way they mount the bumpers in the Cup cars, they're low for weight and they're not strong enough to to do anything because of weight. So, 
It's really just cosmetics. It's in there because it has to be. If you run in the back of somebody, you're going to destroy your car every time. And I've knocked a radiator out of my car a couple times at Martinsville just because of the weakness of those front bumpers. And, and yeah, every time that happened, it's so damn frustrating because you know that race cars should be able to handle more than that. And, uh, you know, the modifies don't have those issues. No, they could just slam. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a few fan questions. Hey, Dale. My name is Logan Slavosky. I'm a huge Dale Jr. download fan. I met Matthew out here at the Junior Motorsports Hauler. And Mike Davis, I know you. I met you in Daytona this year for the Xfinity race. And I told you I'm coming for a job in a couple years, so be ready when I come there. But Dale, <laughs> if you could race with your dad one more time at any track in the world, where would it be and why? If I could race with dad at one track, where would it be? You know, the one track that I, it doesn't exist anymore, but the one track I wished I could have raced on was Atlanta, the original Atlanta. Oh, oh okay. good one. And dad dominated there mm. at the end of the season. He won so many races at Atlanta when they when you would win the last race of the year at Atlanta they gave you a ski nautique boat and dad literally was stacking those things into storage really unit he has like four or five six ski nautiques <laughs> that have never been in water wow you know I mean you can only ride in one boat at a time right. so that you know I thought that was badass they don't give away trophies like that anymore you know the coolest trophy we probably have on the series is a clock yeah, yeah. He, would, had a, he had a few of them too. You know, I would, I would, I would implore the tracks to get back in the business of having material gifts for winners for whatever, yeah. whatever reason, whether it's a ski nautique or what have you. Yeah, that that kind of thing really makes that race a little bit more special. It doesn't have to be your trophy. The just, driver geeks out a little bit yeah. more over winning it. Is it just the trophy, or is it that place was such a badass racetrack? Uh, it was the ski nautique. It was, okay. But, the, no, nah, the, track, the track was real <laughs> badass. The track, I don't know the, how whether I would like the track or not. Have oh, you not, didn't never, race? No, never no, raced yeah, on right. the original configuration. They changed it in 96, 96. I believe. Yeah. So I would. I wish that they would change it back. And uh, we don't, you know, it'd be a mile and a half that doesn't have a dog leg in it. It'd be its own unique mile and a half racetrack or mile and a quarter, whatever that would be, once they reconfigured it. And I think that would be appealing to me and everyone else, the track, uh, is a favorite of mine as it is, but never got to run there. And Dad being so dominant, it'd be cool to learn some things from yeah. him. Hi, Dale Jr. This is Jocelyn from Marlboro, Massachusetts. When are we going to see your daughter at the track? Wow. You know, Amy uh, brought her to Daytona, and uh, she's only uh, 10 weeks at that time, I think. So she doesn't know she's at the racetrack. But K Amy's talked. Kozlowski had his kid at this age in victory lane a couple times yeah. already. I thought yeah. it was obnoxious, but, well, you know, two, two yeah. things are wrong. I guess, yeah. Um, I uh, think Amy's going to come to three more races through September. I'm not sure exactly how many you go to uh, for the whole year. But, yeah, Isla's going to come when Amy comes. Hey, Junior, I got, like, a really important question for you. This is more important than religion, politics, anything like that. In all seriousness, if you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you choose to be? I was a vegetable. What vegetable would I choose to be? Golly. I got nothing. Yeah, what vegetable? You don't know what you'd I, be? I don't know. If you wanted a lot of hair, you could be a broccoli. Uh, <laughs> Bob Rossdale. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Oh, man, I don't know. I, mean, I know you don't want to be. Okay. Yeah, I know you don't want to be corn because you don't like being corny. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, God. God. Move. That was it. That was the last <laughs> question. Come on, man. You know, it is the last question. you got to pick a vegetable for the guy. I, you know, I don't know. I never thought of it. I think I've probably changed my mind. So I'm going to say tomato, but. Yeah. It's, tomato's a fruit. Tomato's yeah. a fruit? Yes, it I is. I thought tomato was a vegetable. Nope. Is it? See, that's why I shouldn't tomato's have answered. Fruit. 
I shouldn't have answered because now I feel like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I'm you're, with not you. alone. you're not alone. <laughs> I thought it was a damn vegetable too. Maybe that's a we get back. Hey, I'll say cucumber. Uh, so right. I could get pickled. <laughs> oh wait, hold yeah, on. about that, about that, about that. <laughs> what you're taking your own jar of pickles up to the booth? <laughs> all right, so all right, you want to get into this? Yeah, yeah. Right. it's a little, it's a little weird. Here we go. I have been counting calories to try to cut some weight, and I got up to 186. I usually am in the 170s, and I wanted to get back down to 172, which is what I was when I was in my 20s. And so I use this app called Lose It where you count calories. And I have been ordering these meals, pre-made meals to eat for lunch and dinner for the last three months or two months. For the last, you know, 60 days, I've been eating these pre-made meals for lunch and dinner. They're, it's a place in Concord called Chop and Chisel. So Amy and I have been spending it's about $10 a meal. They'll deliver for 10 bucks to your house every Sunday. So really it's uh, pretty you know, pretty reasonable price-wise. And so <laughs> I lost this morning when I got on the scales, 172. Congratulations. I have to be particular, and I get I get a system of what I'm going to eat, and I'm going to eat that, that, and that, and that, and that's the way it's going to be. I, I'd get up in the morning and have a protein bar for breakfast. I'd have one of those meals with a couple pickles for mm-hmm. lunch. I'd have one of those meals with a couple pickles for dinner. I love these Max pickles that they sell in Phoenix near the racetrack. Oh, that's and right. So they gave we, you some. Well, my, I, I, uh, they might have gave me some, but also my bus driver, Kenny, bought me a ton. I got you. So every time we go to Phoenix, we get cases of these pickles and bring them home, and they last all year. And so I've been eating a ton of them here lately. So I, I, I so mean, I, I worked with I Brad Doherty in the booth before, and they would always have to make sure – they had things of cookies because yeah. that dude would eat well, some I don't, sweets. I, I've never seen somebody bring pickles. I don't have a rider. I bring my own stuff. You ain't got to worry <laughs> about me. I don't need no extra favors. <laughs> Your rider would be hysterical if you did have one, though. You know, I would but like I'll, 17 jars of If you're of trying pickles. to be disciplined about what you're eating and trying to do some things to cut that weight, you can't cut corners. You can't go up to the booth and just say, you know, I'll just eat something up there because they're going to have – they ain't trying to, yeah. you know, help you watch your waistband up there. They're just going to have things that – you're going to eat when you get hungry. That's almost like Mark Martin level stuff when you start showing up to places bringing no. your own sack lunch. Mark Martin level is, hey, Mark, uh, we're all going to Applebee's. You want to go? Yes, I'll go with you guys. All right, we're going to Applebee's. Sit down, order. Everybody order something off the menu. Mark <laughs> says, hey, I want a chicken breast. No salt, no pepper, nothing. No seasoning. Don't even cook, <laughs> Don't even cook it in oil. You want anything of that? No, just, just chicken breast. Plain chicken breast, nothing on it. No seasoning, no salt, no pepper. So that's Mark Martin level. Uh, I will add another level to that. I remember he would show up at Hendrick Motorsports luncheons, and he would just bring his like like, like he was going to school. He lunch would have bell. his paper sack, and he would just bring his own lunch. Dale brought his own cooler. Everybody was was thought it was the funniest. I had thing. my own cooler with that all that in there, the pickles. And oh, the, so lunch. you took your own? Co- yeah. Oh, I really envisioned you literally kidding off a golf cart, heading up the thing, carrying a jar of pickles. No, he had a briefcase and he a satchel briefcase. And he had a, a cooler. All right. Yeah, he was well, prepared. Look, good for you. I mean, I'm not going to knock it. Well, I, I, I thought it was weird. I got but down I to my. He didn't share any pickles. By I got the way. down to my goal today, <laughs> so I had a you know I sent I sent out a text to a few friends that I've been talking about this with, and we celebrated this morning. Did you celebrate with a gravy biscuit? Some pop. Because I would no. celebrate it with a gravy biscuit. Right. I celebrated with a protein bar. <laughs> there you go. Good that's, for you. That's that's party animal right there. But I there. might. How have far have we come from the Dell Junior days? <laughs> 
<laughs> there's a day when I celebrate with a protein a six bar. pack of protein bars. Yeah. yeah, I might have a few Bud 55s today. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> wow, come on! You raise this much hell in your life, you better just watch it. Miller 64s, you, okay? I'll have some Miller 64s. This is how you treat myself to ten extra calories. <laughs> this is how you end up diving in a pool, busting your head dude. open. All right, y'all ready to do some white flag? What do you say? I don't yet. Yeah, no, no racing puns. No racing puns. White flag. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag, right there. White flag. Mike, white flag. Mike freaking hey. Davies. Mike Davies. <laughs> if you're going to Pocono Raceway this weekend, Dale's favorite band, The Dangerous Summer, oh, yeah. is playing a concert Saturday night at the Infield Block Party Stage. Freaking you want to talk? To, talk to us about this. All right. So you know, I've been trying to see. The Danger Summer live for so long. Uh, me and uh, Blaney went to Pittsburgh and watched them play a show, but it was a real small 30-minute set. They were up and down, and, and it was quick. And I was like, damn it, I want to see a whole set, and them guys just rocking as hard as they can go. And uh, so I've been trying to go see a show, and I can't because Amy's been pregnant, and then we had the baby and just need to be home. And I said, I know what I'll do. I'll try to get them scheduled for <laughs> <laughs> a race, get them out to a race. So I called my buddy Tim Duggar, who plays a lot of the racetracks throughout the season. I said, hey, Tim, you're in this deal. You know how this goes. I'm trying to get Dave, uh, Dangerous Summer to maybe play one of the races. What? How do I do that, and, and how should I do it? And, he, and he, he, uh, he said, you know what? You probably should call Pocono. Got a race coming up. They're pretty easy to work with. I think that would be a good uh, Dangerous Summer's from Boston, or from Maryland, um, somewhere up there. Mass- I don't know where they're from, but they're from the Northeast. And so um, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be pissed that I don't know that. <laughs> Baltimore. That's where there it you go. That is Maryland. Yeah, so you had it, right? Yes. Yeah, they're from Baltimore. So um, they, you know, that kind of Pocono area, they, there'll be some fans far. up there, not too far. So with Duggar's uh, advice, I called up Pocono. I said, man, I'm gonna, I'll am i intro the band. I don't care what I got to do. You're going to pay these guys what you normally pay somebody to come out there and play, and they're going to come play, and we're going to have fun. Mm. And so they got a sponsor for the event. Oh, cool. The Dangerous Summer can come because there's no scheduling conflicts, so they're going to play Saturday night around 945. Yeah, this ain't no 30-minute set. This is 9.45 to 11.30. Yeah. That, that's doing it right there. So the only thing I'm a little nervous about is my boss, Sam Flood, knowing I'm out that late before race, but we'll be sharp and ready to go on Sunday morning. Well, we'll see. We'll I see can't wait to see this band play. And we're going to be down there. We're going to introduce the band. We're going to watch them. We're going to be right there with everybody, all the fans, anybody that comes. So there's a neat thing about this is if you don't have a ticket to the race, you can still come to the concert. Mm. Ten bucks per car. So fill that damn no car. Really? Yeah. So if you, oh, get, if you yeah. drive in with a car, I don't care how many people you got in it, it's $10. Convertible, it'll look like Richard Petty's car coming to Victory Lane. You could have <laughs> you could have 20 people in a Suburban, and it's 10 bucks. That's awesome. All right, so if you don't have a ticket to the race, you can still come see this show. They're going to have fireworks before the show, and Danger Summer is supposed to go on 945, and typically you know how rock bands are. That need, that probably means around 1015, 1030. Yeah, well, go to com for tickets, and uh, I did not know that you could do it independently from the race ticket, yeah. but you could buy a race ticket there too. I uh, hope everybody enjoys it. Cool. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it leads to some you know new gigs, more yeah. gigs at racetracks. Pre-order Dale Jr.'s book, Racing to the Finish, at com. This is the book everyone is talking about as Dale shares the full details about his struggle with concussions and his decision to hang her up. Uh, Dale Jr. announced on Saturday during NBC Sports Live broadcasts of Cup Practice a new twist to the Dale Jr. Foundation's Driven to Give Gloves program. That's right. So we've been doing the Driven to Give <laughs> Gloves program over the last couple of years. I've wore the gloves. We'd auction them off. We've done it several different ways. Well, for this year, we're going to do it. It's one event only at Watkins mm-hmm. Glen 
36 drivers will be wearing the skull gloves. Mm -hmm. That's four in the Xfinity Series and 32 in the Cup Series. That's right. And all those drivers are going to race with the gloves. They're going to sign them. I'm going to sign them after the race. We're going to put them up on NASCAR's Foundation Auction website. So the NASCAR Foundation Auction website is where you'll be able to find these gloves to bid on August the following 8th. week. All right. And so everything, every dime that these gloves raise goes right to the, uh, the Dale and Amy Earnhardt Fund at yep. the hospital. Nationwide which is, Children's Hospital. Me and Amy started a fund at the hospital. All right. We've already raised over a million dollars for this fund. The money goes directly into the fund. And the money in that fund helps for research at the hospital. We've already, research, we've already funded research for a program to understand how pets influence child therapy for injury. So oh, wow. how, pet, how pet therapy can be a combination of, of other you know, normal therapies to help rehabilitate injury and so forth in these children. So That's interesting. Yeah. It, you know, dogs can, you know, whatever pet, but dogs in particular can speed up recovery just to be a, by changing the personality and outlook of that child, giving that child the confidence and, and the outlook to battle whatever they're dealing with. Yeah. And so you can, we know how anxiety can slow down the pace of rehabilitation, whether it's with head injuries, even bodily injuries with broken bones and so forth, any kind of injury. Anxiety and, and depression and, and frustration can hamper that process. Yeah. And so we're, you know, dogs and pets can, can combat that anxiety. You know, we're trying, so we did a program to help understand that a little further and understand how to utilize the pet therapy even more. That's just a small example of what this fund's directly doing That's for the hospital. It is it is really cool. We're going to the hospital in a, in, a, in a short period of time to take another visit. We're taking Alex Bowman. He's never been. Uh, it's going to be fun to show Alex around as the driver of the 88 car. He's going to be running the hospital paint scheme at Watkins Glen. And uh, so to be able to show Alex all about the hospital is going to be a blast. We'll be continuing to fund more research at the hospital with the Amy, uh, the Dale and Amy. I want to say Amy first because she's my wife, but the Dale and Amy Earnhardt Foundation or Fund is going to be uh, helping with research as we go forward. So we'll be show, showing these gloves during the race weekend. You're going to hear more the about Watkins it. Watkins Glen race weekend. Yep, two right. weeks, Watkins Glen. We're going to be showing that, talking about it even more. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I want to say one last thing, and this is this is really important. I want to thank all the drivers for being involved. Amen. The drive, And you've noticed this for years. The drivers race the at each other, beat, beat each other, and push each other out of the way. But tomorrow, if Kevin Harvick called Kyle Busch and said, I got something I'm doing with my foundation, I need your support, Kyle would be there right away. And all the drivers jumped right on board. Some couldn't do this because of partnership conflicts and so forth. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. We got everybody involved that we could. And so I got to thank all the drivers for helping us here. They, the, All the drivers do this repeatedly throughout the season with other people's foundations and so forth they're asked about being involved in these type of things constantly and they never turn it down they never fail to be involved so appreciate it we're gonna have a lot of fun one more thing about the nationwide children's hospital i wasn't planning on uh saying anything about this but the ask junior question uh segment that we're going to have moving forward is going to have a patient at the nationwide children's hospital asking questions uh, via video like That'd you did cool. today. So we will get to answer questions each week from uh, somebody at the Nationwide Children's Hospital. I am really looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. So, all right. Uh, I like the videos for S Junior, so that was cool. It's cool to see those mod yeah. guys wanting to ask some questions. And 
see that they're fans of the show. Is real I cool. didn't plan that. They were legitimately fans of the show, yeah. which yeah. is the cooler part. But, but a lot. Our social media accounts, too, Davis. Make sure uh, we follow them. We had some fun with them this weekend. Uh, IG, little uh, Twitter action, little Facebooks, Dirty Mo Media. Yeah, I was getting to that. Uh, but we get, we go ahead and follow the uh, Dirty Mo <laughs> Instagram account. You did a nice job on that this week, by the way. Yonder, it was enjoyable to uh, see you. some of that stuff. Uh, be sure to watch Wednesday with Dale version of NASCAR America this Wednesday. Uh, special guest Chase Elliott. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, going to be gonna fun. We're going to have Chase Elliott on the show. Last week we had Kyle Busch. Kyle did a great job. Rave reviews about that. Good show. Yeah. Chase, you got to bring it, buddy. That's right. So that'll be fun. Is that going to be back to the normal time, 5 p.m.? Should Eastern? be 5 p.m. We had to move okay. to 6 because of qualifying for Eldor in the yep. trucks. So All right. We'll be so back at 5 o'clock. That'll be NBC Wednesday. Sports Network with Chase Elliott and Dale Jr. Also, you can catch the TV version of this show, the Dale Jr. Download, Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Uh, lastly, uh, we have to take a moment and congratulate golfer Kevin Kisner on his second-place finish in the British Open yesterday. Kevin is a partner of the new Whiskey River Myrtle Beach. Sure oh, is. no way. And, uh, yeah. okay. Yes, and he finished second in the British Open. And, and so, listen, I think the moral of the story is if you partner with us on things, good things happen. Okay. Right? That's what we're <laughs> trying to say. So, congrats, Kevin. Here comes Tiger. Was so close. was a stroke behind the winner. Uh, but, anyways, good things for him. Awesome. That's it. Yeah, man. Good show. See you guys next week. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.